We just love God here. And, you know, we're going to, there's so much stuff we're going to do that TLC is going to be doing. You know, we're going to begin to have all kinds of great things that we do to help the community. We try to do that as well now, but we're going to try to up that in the future. If you're a guest today and you fill out your connection card, you stop by the kiosk out there, you can get this handy dandy shirt. It's free. So anyway, you can get your free t-shirt if you want one. If you don't want one, you don't have to take it. Obviously, we're not going to force that on you, but uh, they're there. We want you to know that when you see that, you can live life on purpose. We believe that that's how God created you, for a purpose, on purpose. And I want to talk to you this morning about... Um, just taking care of business. After we say, I'm going to take care of business. And uh, so if I was calling this anything, I, I called this message charge, not, uh, you know, dun, 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 charge it. But uh, not even, you know, kind of, yes, charge like we're charging in the battlefield, but also a charge just for the priests of the home, whether it be just a single parent, whether man or woman, or, or uh, just, you know, the father's. Um, and just our households in general. It could even mean, really, for older siblings. I mean, as I thought more about this, it's just we need people just to take charge uh, for what things are happening. Let's look at this, this scripture in the Bible, um, and I'm, we're going to head there in just a second, but I want to give you kind of a synopsis of what's going on. So um, David is gone, and while he's away, the enemy came and took all of his stuff, took his treasures, took his family, took all the things that are important to him. And so I really believe that the enemy waits like for the priests of the home to do that, to come in and to just ransack the house, so to speak, or to burglarize it, uh, for no better word. But it's important that we know that who we belong to and establishing that in our household. So when I'm gone, that my family still carries on. My, my sons, my daughters still carry the covenant that I taught them. Come on. This, the good things, the things that, hey, this is what we do. We don't do this in this family. This is how we act, or this is how we, you know, this is what God says, so this is what we do. So, you know, just talking about all of those things and just saying, let's, let's set some kind of a standard. Our family should operate in delegated authority. You know, if I'm gone, and I say I'm not here, and I'm, I'm speaking somewhere else, or I'm doing something else, this church should not lose an inch. How many understand what I'm saying? Because it's not built on me. It's not built on PK. It's not built on us. It's built on Christ. So this still should go on. The leaders in this church should make sure that this still goes on. We have to use the delegated authority that's been put in your charge. There's times I've went away and I've had to tell my boys when they were living at home, I just said, hey, listen, take care of your mom. You're the man of the house now. I'll be back in a couple days or whatever. And they're like, I got it, Dad. It's that kind of thing where this is what we need to do. We need to make sure that the enemy is not robbing our house. The Bible says that Jesus has all power. He's given, he took it from the enemy. He's given the power back to us to delegate that. He has given us the keys to the kingdom. So we have delegated authority. Just like I said, if I'm gone, I could tell my, my sons or whatever, hey, I need you to take care of your mom. I delegated that so they would be like, yes, I got that. If I go away here, I could say to anybody here in leadership, I need you to cover this, cover that, and cover that. Got it. Okay, that's delegation. But we have to have a plan. There's a people that, I mean, you're listening to me today, and, and you're like, okay, I, I need a plan. Uh, you know, could you tell me what that is? Or, or you, you want to fight. You know the enemy's coming in, or there's things you're seeing, but you don't know how to handle it. I don't know what to do. So I want to help today if I can. 
Sometimes we just get mad at what happened, but we don't do anything about it. Have anybody ever done that besides me? You just, I wish I'd have said something. I wish I'd have, ooh, I wish I, I, I should have did something, and I, and I didn't. But I want to give us some steps to walk it out. This is something, and here's a fact. The devil's not going to give back stuff willingly. He's not going to leave willingly. You're going to have to kick him out, and you're going to have to get your stuff back. And I'm, when I'm saying stuff, I'm not talking about things. I mean, I, I guess I could be talking about things, and you could put that in there. But I'm just talking about peace. Come on. I mean, just happiness in my house or just, you know, just him ransacking in and all of these kind of things. Let's just talk about getting stuff where they need to be. Your home should be a refuge. I like going to my home no matter where it's been because I've got a lady that makes it nice. Not just because she's nice, but I can go in there and I can feel the presence of God in there. I feel good in my home. I can rest in my home. Have you ever gone on vacation, love vacation, but when you finally get home, is it not? You're like, oh, it's good to be home. Or is that just me? Some of you. Okay. Some of you are like, heck no, I'm just glad to get out. <laughs> All right. But this is what I don't want. This is what has happened to me. I, have you ever just reacted to stuff because of what happens? If you drive, if you like to drive in Columbus during rush hour, there's some people need to get saved. Sometimes it's us, isn't it? But it's just like, oh, we have to react because you're like, they do not know how to drive. How about when the snow hits? It's fun to watch people drive then. Oh, you mean the wheels spin on the ice? Yes, they do. And so, you know, you have to go, okay, what do I do about that? And I want to, instead of just reacting, what if I was proactive? What if I'm proactive and I start understanding, I can see a little bit of what the enemy's doing. I can prevent some of this by just being proactive. We would, we would whine to the Lord. You ever whine to the Lord? We did. You almost think he's up there going, would you like some cheese with that? We would whine to him, and Kim one time, she was saying, Lord, we don't have any money to even go on vacation. She doesn't really sound like that, but that's just for emphasis. And this is what God told her. He said, you don't even save a dollar. And you know what? We weren't saving anything. We were just like, we would whine about our situation, but we were doing everything to help it and nothing to change it. And you're all looking at me like, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> we, we were trying to save money one time. We started, this, check this out. We started checking out what we spent eating out. And in our mind, we said, we don't, we don't, eat, we don't eat out that much back in the day. We were like shocked. We're like, do you know that we've spent already? Now, I'm going to tell you a number. You still have to love me. But I mean, maybe you're like, hey, that's nothing. But I remember one time we looked and we're like, we have already spent 70 bucks this week eating out. Now, when we had, the, you know, that's when some of the kids were living at the house, too. So if you go to a restaurant and you're all eating, that didn't take a whole lot. Because my kids, they want to eat like they want, you know, their lifestyle, the rich and famous, till they're paying for it. But, you know, not anymore. They're, they're great kids. But what I'm saying is we'd just be like, oh, my gosh. If we would just be proactive and we'd plan ahead a little bit, look at the money we could save. But this is what I'm tired of. I'm tired of the enemy having a party at my expense. I'm tired of paying for the enemy's good time. I'm tired of putting out when I could be stopping him from doing what he's doing, but yet I, I, you know, I have actually supported that. Who's with me? I mean, in the time we just started looking at stuff and going, you know what, I need to change that. 
That needs to just change. I want to get to the place when we fight, if I've got to fight the enemy, and you're going to have to fight, that he has no chance of winning. You know why? Because the word says that. And because God says that, Jesus says that, the Holy Spirit, if you're a born-again believer, says that inside you. And because that authority is delegated, I say that. That's just like my kids if I'd say, listen, I need you to do this. And, they're like, and I said, well, you go tell your sister. So they'd go tell Mallory or, you know, hey, you have to go and you have to do this. Dad said, well, the whole thing that that makes that official is dad said. That's right. Because then sometimes she'd come back, Dad, did you say? Yep. Because that's what made the authority binding. So when you start wrestling with the enemy and start fighting him, do something Dad said. The Bible says this, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It says, I am the head, not the tail. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things. Not some things, not part of things, not just a portion. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He gives me power to tread upon the enemy. If God be for me, who can be against me? I'm telling you, if we would be proactive and start looking to God, we wouldn't have to be as miserable as we are sometimes. And I'm, not, I'm just saying, I've been there. I got another t-shirt for that. I'm not giving those out, though. I want the enemy to wish he'd never messed with me. I'm, I'm wanting him to go, you know what? I should have went to somebody else. Because this Gleason guy, he's going to mess me up. And I want to do that because Jesus has all power. I want to live a life that displays that. I want to have fruit for what I'm doing. I don't want, you know... I, I don't want to walk around and people, oh, he's a hypocrite, he's this, he's that. There's all kinds of people make all kinds of reasons. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. Anybody that says their plate is perfect on the table, they have a a problem with lying. We all got issues, and we need God to help us with those. I'm going to give you some steps today that are not going to take very long. But I believe if you'll use them, you're going to get some results. So turn to your neighbor and say, charge! That was a good one. Whoever just said charge. He said, charge. <laughs> All right, here's a quick review. Now we're going to look at, the, look at Samuel 30, 16, and 17. Then I'll review this really quick. David, so he led, them, or he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites. And we'll talk about who that was. It was a slave that David found. And they were spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast account of plunder they had taken from the Philistine in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed among them, slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. Here's the review. Town burned, family kidnapped, all the stuff gone. Everybody hates and blames David. They want to stone him. It's not a good day. He comes back. Now he sees the enemy down there enjoying his stuff. What do you do when everything's against you? When everything just, I mean, it just stinks. I mean, life is just, ugh. It's just like, if it's not one thing, it's another. I'm just waiting on the other shoe to drop. And we've all had those days. And, you know, and I get it, but we need to not actually keep announcing, oh, I'm just, it's going to get worse. I've had people tell you that, well, if it start out bad, just look for it's going to get worse. It gets darkest before it gets light. Shut up. We already know, everybody knows about darkness. We've had enough darkness. We've been shut up for several months with COVID. Come on. Need no more darkness. The people are against him. 
What do you do when all that happens? When everything's against you, this is what David did. David went to the word. David went to God. That's our first thought this morning. Use the word. The Bible said in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. You need to use the word. The Holy Spirit will show you exactly what to do. You need to read your Bible. I've had people tell me, I've had students all the time when you know, I was doing youth ministry, I just don't understand that King James. I just don't get it. It's thee and thou. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I didn't understand either. So I would give them a Bible they'd understand. So then they'd go, oh, okay. But you see, when we go to God, then God is with us. And so when we ask God for the strategy... God can download what to do because we're getting our answer from the book. They used to say the Bible was basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. But that's what they used to say. So I get it, I, you know, but if we don't stay in touch with it, now everybody's got a smartphone. You, you know, you used to, well, I remember carrying a Bible like this to school. And I got, I got you know, Friends in school, oh, preacher man's coming, preacher man. We didn't have smartphones. We just had this. And sometimes you're like, I don't even know if I want to take my Bible. Because it seems like it brings up stuff. People don't like that. But you just have to do what you have to do. You don't have to take a Bible, but you got a smartphone. You can get a Bible on your smartphone. All the notes I'm giving you today are right on the Bible app on the smartphone. Use the word of God. I told in the first service today that, you know, Maddie, the youth are doing that dance drama that's coming up in a, in a couple weeks, and she hurt her ankle. You know, they do a lot of jumping around and stuff like that, and, and I remember, you know, when I was in karate, I, I had rolled my ankle. I had somebody roll onto it, and I, so I bought one of those braces that you, they're elastic black things, you know, and they butterfly around it, and I remember I didn't throw that away, but I couldn't remember where it was. Now, I'm, I'm making a point here, so I just said, you know, this is what I said. I can, go to, I can go to the store. I know where they sell them. Walmart sells them. You can buy almost anything at Wally World. Um, but I, I was like, I know I got one of those. So I said, God, where is that? And this, I just felt, again, I'm, it's not like God came down and said, hey, Brett, how you doing? Word. Uh, follow me. You know, he didn't, it's just, I just felt like I, I, it's in the garage. So I'm like, okay, it's in the garage. All right. So then I go out in the garage. I start looking around, and I didn't find it. And so then I'm like, oh, I didn't find it. Go back in. And then he shows me this picture in my mind. I had some workout gloves by my workout stuff in there. Some ones when Sam and stuff used them, they were smaller. I don't wear those. I have another set. And it was folded under those gloves. And I could see that stack. I could see that in the garage. And I knew that's where it was. I went right out to the garage. I turned around, found that stack of gloves. There it was. You're saying, Brett, you're telling me that God told you that? That's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit put that picture in my mind. I knew right where it was. I went and got it. I have it in my house now. I have to show Maddie how to, how to use it. I mean, it's pretty easy. But what I'm saying is, I went to God. Why don't we start doing things like that? We, you know, we start asking everybody else for advice. Why don't we just go to God and get some advice? So anyway, David got his instructions from God. Let me ask you this. What do you have a reason to fight for? What, what, are, you, what are you up against? Is there not a cause? Are you tired of being tired? Are, have you had enough? Are you tired of life just going like this? It never changes. This is all it does. Da, 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 da. You know, my wife, her, one of her sayings when the kids are growing up, I've, I've just about had enough. I've had enough. 
You ever had enough? When you had enough, are you ready to do something about it then? Are you finally saying, okay, this is it. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm ready. David gets the slave to show him where the camp is. And then David watched the enemy messing with his stuff. And it just enraged. You know, he's just like, okay, this is it. I've had it. When are you going to get mad enough to, to quit letting the enemy take the things that are yours? I'm not talking about just physical stuff. I'm talking about peace and laughter and joy. How does it make you feel? But I'm here to tell you this morning, if you'll join shoulders and join arms and let Jesus in your life, you'll always have a but God. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care what you've been. I mean, I do care, but I mean, if you're up against the mountain, but God. If there's a giant coming after you, but God. It seems like all my bills are all over top of me, but God. There is a way out of that, but we're going to have to go to God. And you're going to have to do it God's way. David had had enough, and this is the, this is the thing. I, I love this. He was aware. When you become aware of something that is destroying, maybe it's a relationship or whatever, then you need to do something about it. When you become aware, you fight it. If you go to the doctor and they say, hey, you have this, and you become aware of that, they say, here's the treatment for that. Then you go and you get the treatment it's, this is what I'm saying. Here's your treatment. You become aware. And you say, all right, God, you know what? I'm aware. David was awake to the situation. I see what it is. I'm done. I am done. So he's going to put his hand to it to fix it. You've got to put your hand to it. The enemy doesn't leave willingly. He doesn't give back stuff just to give it back. He doesn't take it easy on you. He doesn't like you. So you have to force him out you got to pray that's the key having god you have the keys to the kingdom you have to use the word you deserve what you tolerate if you're going to put up with it don't whine about it you got people you know you got upcoming election i got people i'm not voting i didn't vote in the last elections but then they're going to complain you need to keep your mouth quiet you don't want to vote shut up boy that's harsh I'm sorry, not really. David had had enough. The party was over. Now he's about to break that up. Now see, at this time, I think the enemy thinks so many times we're all talk. We're going to talk about it. We, we talk big, but do we do anything about it? Maybe we're just bluffing. Have you ever been around somebody that's telling their kid to, hey, you need to, maybe let's just say little Jimmy. Jimmy, get over here right now, here. Hey, hey, don't, I'm going to count to three. One, Jimmy, two, two and a half, two and three quarters. Don't we do that? And sometimes if you're watching that, you just want to go, just go get the kid. You ever been somewhere? You just want to be, can you do something with the kid? We get it. Children are children. But there's those times I think we tell the enemy, oh, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. One, two, you better not mess with me anymore. Two and a half. The difference between a lucky shot and a successful lifestyle is consistency. It's doing it, the, just consistently doing it. Now, for years, I was a youth pastor, and, uh, and we you know, had a bunch of youth, and we took a bunch of youth to 
student or youth day at Kings Island, I think, that year. And, you know, students were all the time always daring you to do something. And they ended up getting me twice at Kings Island. First, they, they dared me to do this bungee jump. And they said, oh, you got to do this PB. This is awesome. you got to do that. And I'm like, I ain't doing it. And they're like, you, you're just chicken. You're gonna do it. So I got tired of hearing it. So I told them, I said, if I do that jump, I'm not paying for it. You're paying for it. And I want a video of it, and you're paying for that. Because I thought, there's no way those kids are going to lay out that kind of dough, and I, I'll get out of the jump. The kid goes, I got you covered. And they all went together. They started just laying out money. And Kim's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I love you. <laughs> there's a video of it. I had a mustache, and I had dark hair, and a lot more of it. And I, we have it on a video. It's, it's nuts. But okay, So I ended up doing that that day. That was a rush. I will say that was one of the, whew, that was, they pull you way up and then you got to pull the ripcord and whoa. Anyway, that was fun. And uh, so anyway, after a new pair of pants and finishing Kings Island, I was good. The other thing was they kept just, you know, they had those little basketballs, you know, they're only like this big and there's a little hoop that's just bigger than the basketball. And, and it's a distance away, and they said, you know, you couldn't make that if you depended on it. And they were just, you know, and I had all these kids. We were, we were enjoying the day together, so we're all hanging out together because we were, you know, we were tight. And I'm like, I could do that, man. I could make that. Oh, yeah, put your money where your mouth is. No way. I'm not doing that. Because it, like, it was only like three or five bucks or something like that. So I said, if you guys want me to do that, you already know the story. Somebody's going to pay for that because I'm not doing it. And I thought, they're not, they already gave out $35 or whatever that was, plus the video, they're not doing that. And the guy says, I got you covered. Doggone it. So I went over there. I got a whole menagerie of people, just like at the bungee jump. They're all sitting there. And I am thinking, what have I got myself into? And I remember taking the ball, and I'm bouncing it, and I'm, you know, and I'm just taking my time. And I'm kind of doing like the Steve Urkel, like you're going to bowl, you know, you're, Finally, one kid goes, shoot the ball already. <laughs> Shut up. So I just did this kind of fadeaway thing. Thing went right in. Whew. And the kids are all, yeah, you know, like that. The guy gave me the ball. I walked out of there like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even know. But what I'm saying is, lucky shot. The difference between most people that are really financial, successful, and whatever, is just a daily schedule. It is consistency. Just doing the right thing all the time. You know, to do the right thing all the time, it always doesn't feel right or seem right. But if you keep doing the right thing, it'll happen. When the Lord told Kim, you're not even saving the dollar. We started saving. And we were like, God, we don't even know how to save. Think about what I just said. We went to the Word. We got a big jar, put our change in it. We just said every time we have change, we're going to throw it in that jar. How many do something like that? We paid for our cabin for vacation. We had, in, in a short amount of time, all the kids were, they started saving. If they had jobs, they put their change in. We had $700 in a jar. I'm like, wow. So we paid for our cabin. It was awesome. So again, consistency, a regimen, a schedule. You can do something once. Like I made that shot once. Could I do it again? I'm glad they didn't ask me. Probably not. The enemy's banking on the fact, whatever you do, that you won't keep it up. You won't do it. If you did it one time and you stopped him, will you keep doing it? Being consistent. You're going to need to charge this thing. You're going to need to fight this thing. 
You put all these pieces together. You live it, walk it, do it, breathe it, say it. It's who you are. Paul says, I'm persuaded. Do I have anybody persuaded in here that's saying, yes, God, I'm going to do this? I mean, there's all kinds of things. God will give you ways that you can do whatever he wants you to do. You can win one fight, but will you win the next one? Because I guarantee you there'll be another one. The devil will not willingly roll over and give you or surrender your stuff back. you got to throw him out, and you have to go get it. He's always looking for you to not be consistent. A way in for the next time. Don't give him one. So we go to the word. And here's the next one. Pick the target. You got to channel what you're, what you're aiming at. What are you looking for? Exactly where is the attack? See, what, what is happening to you may not be happening to me. What the enemy's doing to you, he may not be doing it to me. So I got to do something to stop the attack. I've got to channel that. I've got to know what I'm aiming for. I've got to know what I believe and what I stand on. I've got to know what I'm up against. I have to use my faith. I have to be specific. I don't want to take a, a knife to a gunfight. I've got to focus on the area I'm targeting. I've got to use that against the enemy. Revelation 12, 11 says that they defeated him by the blood of the lamb. In other words, they are covenant believers and by their testimony, they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. This is commitment. These people knew what they believed and weren't afraid to declare it. I want to bring out commitment. You see, faith always has a point of release and a point of reception. People ask me all the time, how did that happen? Because I believed it would. When my kids would come and say, Dad, will you pray for this? I need this to pray. I believed it would happen. I knew it would happen because of the word. Now think about what I'm talking about because this is what I went to. I expected it to happen. If I didn't see it right when I prayed, it didn't phase me because I believed I received it, listen, when I prayed and not when it showed up. Now, I have seen things at the moment I prayed and saw them go away. I've seen rashes go away. I've saw bumps go away. I saw legs popped in straight. I've seen all that stuff. And God did it right there. There's some cases he didn't do it right there, but he still did it. David was upset, and he took the misplaced anger, and he began to channel it and focus it where it belonged. Sometimes we're mad at the wrong thing. Give me, I'm going to use you for a second. Come here. Elijah, come here a second. All right, Elijah, you stand right here, face that way. Gibby, stand right behind him. Put your hands on his shoulder. Both of them. No, you... Yeah, there you go. Be healed in Jesus' name. There you are. All right. So let's just, let's just say I'm, I'm not mad at you, okay? This is all just hypothetical theories and stuff. Uh, I mean being mad. What I'm telling you is real, but all right. I'm not mad at Elijah at all, but let's just say Elijah had just ticked me off. He just made me real mad, and he was doing something that just made me real mad, Okay. I could get mad at Elijah to the point where I could ruin a relationship. Or could it be that something is pushing Elijah? Now, I'm not God, and I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to be judge and juror, because maybe it's something that maybe this is not on him, it's on me, okay? 
I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's on him either. But what if we were to pray against what was coming against Elijah? And I would break that off. And I'm not against you. And I'd break that off. Then I have actually channeled and focused on what was really going on because God showed me, you know, maybe Elijah's just going through a lot of stuff and he's just, you know, I'm not saying that's right, but, you know, he's just not been himself. And the enemy is feeding that. So now I come against with the word and break that off. And Elijah now starts being his old self again. You're a good man, Charlie Brown. So are you. Good job. Thanks, guys. So we need to focus and channel what we are doing. Sometimes we get mad at each other for stuff that maybe it's not driven by each other. We need to, to because the enemy's against disunity, we need to be unified and say, God, what do you want me to do? Ephesians 6, 12, we fight against flesh, not against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of the dark world, against evil spirits and heavenly places. So God gives you emotions. He gave you anger. He gave you hatred. But you've got to do something with it, the right thing with it. Uh, what, what it's, it's intended to be used against the enemy. I mean, if you're going to hate anything, you're going to be mad at anything, be mad at the devil. The devil doesn't like you. You know, they're, you know I've had people tell me all kinds. I had a guy come up and said, oh, man, you know what? When, they're, <laughs> when I die, he said, I'm going to go down to hell and party with my friends. Party in hell is canceled due to fire. Did you not know that? You're not going to party with anybody. You're going to be alone down there. It's going to be miserable. You don't want to go there. God doesn't want you to go there. God doesn't send anybody to hell. But we can send ourselves by just saying, okay, because you really have only two choices, smoking or non-smoking. I mean, the places you go, heaven or hell. But he created even, you know, we need to hate what God hates. He created hatred. But it's to be used against the enemy. Do you know hell was created for the, for the devil and his demons? It wasn't created for you. Psalm 139, 22 says, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. So we, we need to hate what God hates. Now, I don't want you to leave here hating anybody. I, want you, I learned a good message. I just hate a lot of people. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all things work together for, I mean, that all things are good, they will work together for your good. Even if it's you find out you did something wrong and you make the correction, that works out for your good. Jesus didn't come to play patty cake with the enemy and you shouldn't either. 1 John 3, the second part of 3, 8 says this, the son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. So when it's talking about works, it's talking about all the things that the enemy does. Steal, kill, destroy. Anything that brings confusion, stealing, killing, destroying, those are all works of the devil. Ephesians 4.26, don't sin by letting anger control you. It doesn't mean you can't be angry. It just means you can't let it control you. We, I mean, people, as much as I like to think this lady walks on water, she doesn't. Neither do I. But we've had some, you know, you must never fight. Oh, we've had some good ones. When we were first married, one of the times, we were in a, a half a double, and we were arguing in the kitchen about something. And me being the, the stud that I thought I was, I got mad, and I, I hit. She had those, you know, those canisters? You know, you have all those things. I hit the flower canister, and it was just a tin metal canister. And like a bomb... This white cloud formed in the kitchen. Whoosh! 
So now she's arguing with Frosty the snowman. I'm totally covered in flour. Flour is everywhere. And she's like... <laughs> and we both started, finally, we just started laughing. What I'm saying is, if you're human, you're going to rub shoulders or wrong somebody with something. It's just going to happen. But you're going to have to get over it. And you're going to have to start saying, you know what? Life is better and bigger than this. Do I want this to destroy anything of the relationship I have or what? I mean, I can be a bigger person than that. So we, we just don't let strife get in our house. If we get mad and we've gotten mad, we repent right away and say, you know what? I don't want strife. Does it mean that we're not mad at each other? Probably not. But it does mean that we are going to channel that in the right direction and we're going to not take offense. Come on. So that then in a few minutes, once we cool off, I mean, one time I got so mad, I was mad. And again, God has changed me because I used to be a redneck, fight at the drop of a hat kind of guy. We were, I mean, she's gorgeous. We were married, but we were fighting about something. And I said, oh, man. And I was so mad for something. I had one of those uh, white T-shirts, you know, whatever on. I just, and I just ripped it off like Hulk Hogan. So ripped that thing off, threw it at her and said, I'm leaving, going outside. It was winter. I walked out the door, it's like 20 below. I was back in, I'm, ba I'm back. <laughs> Sometimes we don't think things through and we act on our emotions, but consistency by being with God and, and picking our target, staying channeled, we don't allow the enemy then to work. We diffuse everything he tries. You cannot coexist with the devil. You cannot coexist with the devil. You cannot coexist with the devil. You're going to have to kick him out. You're going to have to get mad at him. Sometimes it seems like we make a change to one step forward, five steps back. I get it. The reason that happens is because you're making a step in the right direction and he wants to stop you. Tell him to shut up and keep going forward. The devil loves passivity and he loves procrastination. What do you desire? What do you want? Have you been through enough that you're saying, you know what, I'm willing to fight for this? It's time we started doing some things like that. What are you living for? What are you fighting for? What are you willing to die for? Here's our last thought. Some of you are like, thank you, God. <laughs> Make the right choice. So you've got to choose life. Well, the only choice you really have is, is Jesus. And when you choose Jesus, you don't have to be a, a fanatic. I mean, some things are just because he's so passionate inside you. You're going to change your viewpoint. But, you know, you don't have to be so nobody can stand you or be around you. You just have to say, God, show me how you want me to be. And just be genuine. I mean, people love people that are just genuine and that are aware of other people's feelings. As my wife would say, they're emotionally intelligent. Is that right? Yeah. So you're aware. You don't say everything that comes to your head. You know, you... You kind of like, okay, that probably is not going to be a very smart thing to say. I won't say that. But you got to choose life. God has a good plan for you. God has his word. you got to go to the word. You can't follow God accidentally. You have to make a conscious choice. You can't accidentally accept God. And by that, you can't just follow the enemy. and say, The devil made me do it. That doesn't run anymore. You have choices, and you can be in charge of that. The enemy isn't going to back up by his own. You're going to have to make him back up. I'm almost, I'm almost finished. This is something I thought was really cool. 
You know, when David and, this, David and Goliath, David is just a little boy, a teenager. They're, they say maybe 14-ish. So he's going towards Goliath. Now, nobody, none of the men, because Goliath is, he's, I mean, he's big. And he's, I mean, he's legendary. Everybody knows Goliath, if he, you fight him, you die. David could care less about his reputation because David has something bigger inside of him that is driving him bigger than he is. And the Bible says that David ran towards Goliath. And I'm like, what? I mean, number one, ooh, ooh, courage. You know, that's pretty good. You're going to run, you know. He's like, I squish you like a skittle. You know, I mean, he's just big boy. He's nine, ten feet tall. David's like, ha, ha. Uh, So I'm animated. I can't help it. But anyway, I believe when he runs towards Goliath, it throws Goliath off because he's not expecting that. And David declares out of his mouth because Goliath said, this is what I'm going to do. And David basically says, you're all talk. I'll tell you what's going to happen. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed it to the birds of the air. That's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. You know, when you choose life, the Bible says life and death is in your mouth. I'm telling you, I'm tired of letting the devil have a party at my expense. I mean, I've done some stupid things in my past, and I'm done with them. And I've made up my mind, God, I am not that same person. You ever want to say, I am not him anymore? That's what we have to do. We have to say, God, I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things become new. So, God, help me be the person you want me to be. Help me show the passion you want me to show. Because you know what? I don't want you to get mad at me, but I would rather see you in heaven someday than, than not have told you. You get to make the choice. I'm not going to push it down your throat. But, I mean, just living a life that is awesome for God. Will you still have trouble? You betcha, but God will help you get through every bit of it. Let me just say this, and we're about finished. You cannot reason with the devil. When you fight the enemy, you have to understand there is no trial. There is no trial. It was already pronounced 2,000 years ago when Christ died on the cross. Guilty. Don't let him reason with you. Don't let him do that. There'll be no debate. You have to make up in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. God, you have something better for me. Brett, I've always been like this. This has always been in my family. This has always happened. Da, 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 da. My dad did my grandpa, my mom, whatever. Break it. Stop it now and say, from this day forward, God, to the best of my ability, I'm going to line up my, I'm going to your word. I've got my choice. I've got my passion. I'm picking my target. I'm sounding the alarm. I'm sounding the charge. I'm telling my kids. I'm letting them know, daddy is going to change. And if you don't have kids, then do it for yourself. 2 Corinthians 10.4, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down strongholds of human reasoning and destroy these arguments. Quickly, I'm going to give you these five stones, and then I'm done. David, and I'm not going to explain a whole lot about him, so if you're sitting there going, tick-tock, dude, okay, here we go. Uh, five stones. David goes down, the Bible says, to the Valley of Eli. He picks up five stones to go fight Goliath. Now, this is before he runs at him. Okay, so here's the first stone. You want to fight? So, you know, because part of us are like, I don't even know how to fight. Because you've got to fight with something that drives inside of you. You know, so it's just one of those, what is the thing that flips the switch? What's it going to take to flip the switch? When have you had enough that you're like, I'm done? You know, I've had, again, how I was before. Um, that's why, I've, you know, I've done karate most all my life and all of that. But I would, you know, I'm not, I was a redneck. My wife was like, gee whiz. I mean, it was just, 
Sorry. But I'm not that way now. You look. See my neck? It's not red. But I had somebody just wouldn't leave me alone, just badgering me, just trying, trying, trying to get me to fight. And I wouldn't. And I, I was still a believer, but I, had, I was trying to pull away from that. You, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's a process. And he was saying all kinds of things, all kinds of things, nasty things about me. He, I'm like, I don't care. You don't know me that well. But he didn't even know her, but he knew we were engaged or whatever. And so he started saying something about her. And the guy that was trying to get him to calm down before my switch went, when he started saying something about her, that guy goes, I'm out. And backed away like that. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> what I'm telling you, when are we going to have enough? When are we going to be tired? When are we going to finally say, you know what, God? Your way's got to be better than mine. I've tried it for so many years. Consistency. Do you know God never wavers? The Bible says in Hebrews, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Consistent. Never wavering. So number one stone, the word of God. You can tell the enemy it is written. Whatever he's coming at you, get whatever your battle is. If he's coming at you against something, find out what the word says about that to battle that and then start saying it. It is written. I don't care if you got to put it on a piece of paper and you got to read it. It is written. Here's what I'm doing. Pretty soon you won't need the paper. You'll throw it away. You'll have it in your head. It'll be in your heart. You'll believe every bit of it and you'll say it. It is written. Second stone is this the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. It is the name above every name. When you can begin to use the name of Jesus. And again, my kids, if they said, hey, dad said you had to do that. That name carried authority because dad said. Say something dad says. In the name of Jesus. When you have that believer, when you say, you know what, God, I am yours and you are mine. I can use your name. Here's the third stone, the blood. When you are a covenant believer, when you say yes to Jesus, do you have to be perfect? No, I'm not perfect. Nobody's perfect. But I tell you what, the person inside, the Jesus inside me is perfect. And he guides me in a way that I could never do it on my own. And by that blood, that covenant and that name produces power. Here's your fourth stone by prayer. That's how we talk to God. That's how he downloads things to us. That's how he told me where that thing was from Addie's ankle. That's how he says, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. As times he's told, he said, you know, you're going to sell that vehicle. Yeah, okay. I said, this is what we're going to do with those, the money. The vehicle's paid off. It was several thousand dollars. This is what we're going to do with it. This is what he said, I want you to give it. I don't want to give it. I want to do this with it. I want you to give it. I don't, maybe you're not listening to me, God. But he was just quiet. So then we talked and we just said, you know what? It's not our money. It's really his. Everything we have is his. So we did it. We gave it. And I said, God, I don't even have Christmas. And this is, I mean, I'm not saying I had the right attitude because I didn't. Because I'm like, God, you, you got to help me. If we don't have Christmas, in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm blaming you. But somebody within just about a week came up to me, didn't know anything that we did. I'm supposed to give you this for Christmas and hand us a check for $1,200. And that's how it happened. Just like, oh my word. It is written, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, prayer, and here's your fifth stone. And this one is really one of the most important. Praise him before you see it. You let the enemy know, you're coming against me, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to wish you never messed with me. You know what I want? When I get out of bed in the morning, I want the demons in hell to be like, oh, no, he's up. He's awake. 
So you let him know, Jesus said this, I'm in covenant with him, I'm praying with him, I can use his name, I have delegated authority, and I'm thanking him right now that you're giving all my stuff back. You might as well go get it. I'm going to tell you the story, and then I'm finished. There's a, a minister, his name is Kenneth Hagan, and he's with the Lord now. But he was, this is a true story, they have it documented. He was in his bedroom, and he said he got visited by the enemy. Now, nobody wants that visit. I mean, ugh. You know, I've had some visits, but I'm just saying, this is what he, ha- he said. He said the enemy came in. He said he was wakened because his bed was shaken like this, and it moved clear across the floor, vibrated clear across the floor. And the enemy was just trying to scare him. Well, Kenneth Hagin woke up, and he did like what I'm telling you. He's like, he went to the Word. He told him what the Word said. He told him in the name of Jesus. He said, I've got the authority. I've got the blood. I've got the name. And the devil just couldn't do anything. He had to leave. And so the devil leaves. And then he, this, this is so great. He says, hey, get back here. So the devil comes back. He goes, put my bed back. They shook it all the way back. They, I mean, I don't know who was all there. I don't know if there's other people. Now. I don't know how it was documented, but they say this is, it was a true thing. But, but it's so true to what the word will tell you. The authority you have in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs to sound the alarm. I charge you today, be the person God wants you to be. And you can do that. And if you've you know, made mistakes, I get it. We've all done that. But that's what the blood of Jesus is for. It's a pretty good deal. Bow your head, close your eyes, please.